Defensive League says, look at the second week of the NRL preseason challenge, plus crowning new world club champions after the Wigan Warriors beat the Penrith Panthers 16 points to 12. We're going to talk about that game and all the controversy in just a moment. But let's introduce the panel. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, the man with the stats. Joining me, as per usual, the man with the news, 2SM's Reese Sullivan. G'day, Reese. Ah, oh, good day, good day, Adrian. How are you? Ah, mate, it was. It's been a chaotic day. It's been a chaotic weekend of rugby league. We've had so much bloody footy, and the best part is we go on to Sin City next week. Mate, love it. Excellent. Um, it, are we? How are we going to work out this round one podcast? Actually, good question. So I'll remind our <laughs> listeners now because we've got a massive slate coming up the next couple of weeks on the league scene. So you're going to be hearing this on Monday, and then. We've got our season preview coming out later in the week. We have a massive guest list of people that have contributed to this season preview. Reese and I have spent the last couple of months putting this together. We have some big collaborators. We're just going to name one off the bat. Our Lord and Saviour when it comes to injuries. NRL Physio is going to be joining the show to hype up the Dolphins. So they'll be coming out later this week. And then, of course, we'll be doing a full recap of the Vegas we get to do a little bit more in-depth of Super League next Monday as well. So I think that's very important. And then we'll go into our regular format from there. So that is how we're going to tackle this little fun period coming up, my friend Mundo. Excellent. But before we get into that, we got a full slate of preseason games, plus the World Club Challenge, plus a round of Super League to get through. Is there such a thing as too much footy? Fuck no. <laughs> Let's get straight into it. The World Cup Challenge was played on Sunday morning, and it was a win to Wigan, 16 points to 12. So controversy in this one, but let's just put all of that away to one side for just a moment because NRL Twitter have enjoyed themselves way too much today. But let's get straight into this game. Wigan, I said on Twitter, we were talking about the game leading into it, and I said that Wigan needed to target... Penrith's left edge in defence, and Bevan French took that bloody personally, didn't he, with that lovely ball to Abbas Miski? Yeah, 100% open the scoring straight away. You know, whether the ball was forward or not, that's up to your personal preference. Um, but, yeah, just excellent ball to Miski. Led to a great try. And all of a sudden, within 10 minutes, Wiggins really flexed their muscles, and all of a sudden, it was game on. Yeah, I just want to say too, and we'll touch on it throughout the game, but Penrith's fifth tackle options, like, it seemed to be almost a deliberate refusal to kick the football, almost. Like, they wanted to turn the ball over deliberately down Wiggins end, making it work off their own line, and it was largely effective, but Wigan just seemed to have answer after answer well, in that I'll first just, half. I'll just point out quickly, Jack Cole didn't have a single kick all game. Wow. The entire kicking duties were done by Nathan Cleary. And let me just do uh, a round of quick maths here. 12, to, oh, sorry, no, the other way around. 327 divided by 12. Now that's, that's 14. Um, I'm having an absolute blinder here. Okay, 27.25 metres per kick for Nathan Cleary. Mm-hmm. So he kicked long a lot more times than he kicked short. Half of them are bombs. Yeah, exactly. I have this question also, for you. Also, very, very, like you touched on, very few grubbers into the end goal, which, you know, Penrith aren't afraid to do in 
in the last few years. Like, obviously, they do like their bombs to the corners, but they aren't scared to put in grubbers to back rowers. They aren't scared to put in grubbers to Dylan Edwards. So, yeah. I just got a question there, though, Reese. Like, they had Brad Schneider in the team. He was the 18th man, the concussion sub. He's spent the last little bit in England. Do you think it would have been a sensible decision to maybe have him as the six? So someone who knows the dimensions of the English fields a little bit better? Or do you think that's playing too much it's, emphasis? It's a tricky one because you you think about it from that perspective. I think you're 100% right. You know, it would have been very valuable to have Schneider in that position. But at the same time, you also have to remember this was very, you know, very valuable experience for Jack Cole. You know, he's played one first grade game, which was that dead rubber against the Cowboys in 2022. I think he came off the bench so, too. Exactly. So this is really the first time he's been played in this environment. He got put in a situation where there is pressure in front of a hostile crowd, in front of on a field where he's never played before, you know, with dimensions that are different to what he's used to. So it was, you know, straight out of the frying pan into the fire almost. Yeah, Forty had a good game today too, Jack Cole. Good running game. He had that line break, which was very, very vital earlier in the second half. But from there, one of the rare kicks Penrith put in was spilled by Abbas Miski. Kenny was there, Mitch Kenny. And it got out to Nathan Cleary. And Penrith had a slender lead, but it didn't last long. More gridiron passes thrown by the Wigan Warriors. And it was a former NRL star, the man from Swaziland, Cruz Levy, who picked up a try. He got injured. Late in the first half, so we didn't see him return, which was a great shame. But Penrith were able to answer back on half time. Dylan Edwards, life decision of try from Liam Moore, not the first life decision of try, which is a bit up to scrutiny. <laughs> but Penrith, they were able to get in at 12 10. And you look at the history of Penrith, like leading at half time, it's almost a fait accompli, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, very rarely do they get run down in the second half. You know, usually they'll go and they'll score, you know, sometime in that first 10 minutes after halftime. They'll put points on the board. And mm-hmm. then you'll try to chance your arms in that next 10 minutes and they'll hold you off and then they'll go put two, three tries on your last 20 and just blow out the score. Mm-hmm. That's what we've seen for these last four years. Yep, 100%. And I think that's what we saw. I mean, Penrith, they made some mistakes. Wigan were able to capitalise. A clever little depth kick and Jake Wardle picked it up and... Was initially grounded short. He may have got there afterwards. The referee was um, doing his best peer over the top of the ball. He came up with a life decision of try. And as soon as I saw that Liam Moore gave that a life decision of try, I knew they weren't overturning it. Yeah, 100%. It was one of those ones. And I think there was, um, you know, a couple of other ones in the game as well where you look at those and you just sort of know that it's not being overturned. There's no, there's never going to be enough evidence to overturn it. And that was one there. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I know a lot of people turn around and say that the um, the bunker shouldn't be allowed to make that call and there shouldn't be the decisions of try or no try. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you take off that you know caveat, it just goes back to the old days where there was referees call or where tries were awarded with the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and, and I don't think, at the end of the day, that solves anything, because you just put the referee back on the spot. Yeah, you're putting it a guy in a box, in a, in a studio, with no feel for the game, no extra set of eyes, 
and we're relying on camera angles, which sometimes can be deceiving, sometimes can be misinformed. And I think it does set a dangerous precedent. But Wigan went out to 16 points to 12. But the controversy didn't end there. Uh, Liam Martin got pinned for a strip um, in, this, in the dying stages of the game. I think it was about six minutes to go. And that would have put Penrith on the attack about 10 or 15 metres out from the line. And I think where the referees get wrong here, because in Super League, their stripping rule isn't the same as ours, I think. I think you're right. And no matter what happens in the tackle, as soon as more than two are in the tackle and someone strips it, it's a penalty. Yeah. But so it's the, the, it's, the old, it's the old rules. However, in this situation, we're playing under international rules where this is fair game. And someone had to obviously tip the referee off because the referee cleared it. The referee was running back to the mark and was ready to set the 10 for tackle one. So I think the touchy is obviously misinformed and tipped him off. Yeah, 100% I agree there. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it is a little bit poor from the referees. Obviously, you know, they were English refs. Mm-hmm. That's not a point that we should skate around. They were English refs because the game was played in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day, there needed to be a lot more communication with those referees about what rules they were playing under. Because, yeah. Like you said, obviously there was some sort of miscommunication and one of the referees has turned around and said it's a penalty. And at that point, the referee doesn't really have any choice other than to turn around and blow the penalty. Yeah, that's the, that's the only explanation I can come to for that. It makes sense. Yeah. And then obviously, um, just before that, we had the... Um, we had Bevan French narrowly ruled offside. Jesus, that was close. And it just goes to show you the bloke is fucking quick. Well, mate, he's, he's excellent. And his game has taken a whole new level since he's gone in the Super League. It's insane. Yeah, and I thought um, Jay Field had some really good moments, some really good try savers in and around, especially that one on Taylor May. That was really, really mm. good. Taylor May mm. had a chance at the end of the game to score, but he was denied. And I think Penrith fans were a bit upset because Liam Moore called that a no try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think at the end of the day, that you know, they have a bit of a right to complain about how you know the Wardle one was given try on the field while the main one was given no try. Yeah, 100% right, mate. I'll just talk through some players on the Penrith side. Uh, Edwards, huge today, 288 metres. Cleary, 237 off 36 runs. And I think that might be an anomaly because I think Half of those might have been like the line engage runs, which I've spoken about on the show before. Um, Yo was outstanding in the middle, 162 metres, 35 tackles. Mitch Kenny just quietly making under 60 tackles. Uh, monster effort from him. Um, no lines involved. Uh, but there is an injury concern here, though, Reese, with Sunia Taruva's knee. Um, not good, isn't it? It's not good, but... It doesn't seem overly concerning. It seems like he was taken off just as much for a precaution as it was an actual injury. Um, from the looks of things, he will be racing the clock to be back in round one. Obviously, the Panthers do now have a bit of a long turnaround before their first game. Mm-hmm. Um, as I just double check what they when they play, they will Two play Fridays. on the Friday of Friday the eighth of March. So they'll have a 
what is it, twelve day turnaround now before they play their first game. So he'll be racing the clock for that, but I think the club's confident he'll be back in the early stages of the competition. Hundred percent. Uh Leota only the thirty eight minutes, Fisher Harris fifty one. And I know it's a, I know I'm just saying this from a super coach point of view. Liam Henry only the fourteen sorry, sixteen minutes. Four runs, thirty three meters, sixteen tackles. So a lot of workload there for Liam. But as we'll touch on in the Cowboys game, I think you could have another option there. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But for Penrith, it's your first game. Of course, it's going to be a little bit scrappy. It's going to be a bit messy. Don't panic. You did this last year. You won the grand final. It's all we need today, isn't it? Yeah, fair enough. But also, you have let our country of Australia down. That's also very fair. 0-4 in World Club Challenges. Like, there's, there's going to be people out there that are going to say, oh, what's the one thing holding this Panthers team back? And the people say, oh, they didn't beat an England side. That's probably going to be the only thing that the Panthers haven't done in this little <laughs> dynasty period. And they had two chances. They had a golden opportunity at home last year and they had a really good opportunity this year. But you've got to think guys like Sorensen come back into the side, Luai comes back in this side, and it's probably a little bit of a different game. I think so. It'll be interesting to see how the Pampers come back home, get through the rehab, and prepare to try and beat the Melbourne streak. But on that note, Reese, anything else you want to touch on before we get through these preseason trials? Um, look, obviously there are a couple of things I touch on with the Panthers, but I think I'll hold off on that until the season preview. Uh, let me just, I guess, shed a bit of highlights on some of the Wigan players that I thought stood out. Just quickly. Yeah, go on. Uh, you touched on Jay Field. I thought he was outstanding. Shout out Jesus Mids. Um, Harry Smith as well. You know, he's been a star player for Wigan. He was one of the big reasons why they won the Premiership in the Super League last season. Mm-hmm. I thought he played spectacularly well, did excellent in controlling the game. Uh, defensively was very solid. Uh, just really good. A couple other players, I thought Kate Ellis played really well up the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Dupree, Liam Farrell, I thought were excellent. And obviously, shout out to the Josh Mansour lookalike, Abbas Nishki. <laughs> 100%, mate. 100%. Uh, moving on to the preseason challenge. And we had a reserve grade match between the Sydney Roosters and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, with the Roosters winning 46 points to 10. Now, before I do my victory lap, I want to make thing, one thing clear and one thing abundantly clear. I'm going to do my victory lap because this team had the wooden spoon last year in New South Wales Cup. We've undergone a bit of transformation. There's a couple of kids in here that have been showing their youth and development. And as we were touching on last year with the Roosters Cup team being a developmental team, I think in a game like this where it is a lot of reserve graders playing against a bit of grown men, it really showed how important that experience was for them last season. Definitely, 100% it did. Uh, you know, like you said, we touched on a lot last season about where this Roosters team was at and how, you know, this was more of a long-term project for the club rather than a win-now year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think obviously that year in development has really helped a lot of these players because I think you put these players in this situation last year, you know, they would have struggled a lot. 100%. And I think let's just go through a couple of players. I thought the fullback, Callum Gromek, really, really good from the Collegians Club. Two tries, two line break assists, two try assists. Uh, I thought the halves did well. Tay Party and Kobe Thomas, that 30-20 Kobe Thomas kicked. 
booming. Absolutely booming. Uh, the hooker, Moriarty, I thought I've raved about Tyler Moriarty for a while now. Uh, some whispers around that he might get a debut this season. Uh, I'm really a big fan of Tyler Moriarty. What we've seen, we've got a lot of competition for that 14 jumper at the Roosters. He might bite his chance in origin, fingers and toes crossed. Uh, but you can't go past like big Papa Napa. 13 carries, 129 metres. And if my memory's not right, yes, he put up a bomb. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions. Uh, Corey Ross was good in defence, but a lot of attention's been on this lock forward, Celesi Fichetti. Picked up a try, ran for over 200 metres, two line breaks, 33 tackles. Lock him up in a room and give him what he wants, Nick. Well, I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room here. At what point in the season do you start considering him a Victor Radley? I think you've got other guys having like Fahu Whites there. Of course. I mean, okay, but even, even for a bench spot. I want to see how he goes week on week. Because he's still flag eligible for the next two seasons. Hmm. That's the scary part. And but baby. I, like, I think that I want to see him week on week in cup just so we can see what the potential is there and we'll go from there. Um, a good story on our bench with Zach Sadler. Uh, had that, uh, excuse you, fractured skull last season. Um, or not last season, I think it was it, when was he at Manly? 2021? Yeah, 2021. Thank you. Um, yeah, really good to see him come back. He did get a HIA. He didn't come back for obvious reasons, but really good to see him in our cup system. Uh, some good signs like Faka Osi, Vanuku. Um, I'm really excited with what this Roosters team can do, and there should be a lot of positive signs there. Uh, for South Sydney, I thought Brock Gray really stood out. Uh, Kay Maloney from the Townsville Blackhawks. We mentioned him a couple times in the lower grade report. He was solid. But they just got absolutely ran over by this energetic rooster side, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. You take a look at some of their missed tackle count. You know, Halalilo had four missed tackles, as did, as did Christensen, Mundine, and Sublo. So, you know, that those edges were just getting torn to shreds by the roosters. About 600 metre running difference between them. Post-contact metres is the big one. There's about 150 metres difference there between them. But I think moving forward, what I think we can gauge from these trials, particularly the New South Wales clubs, is how much each New South Wales Cup side will have to rely on NRL players. Like Samson, won the Comping Mm. Cup last year. And they're going through a bit of an injury crisis in their outside backs. So I think to start the year, just like last year, they really struggled to start the season. So it'll be interesting to see guys like Braden Burns, see how they have to lift them off the canvas with a bit of experience. Even Sublu, he's got second-tier experience, a lot of it. Galeen Gordon, although he didn't play because he missed his flight, because he was in coughs for the touch and they had a bunch of storms in the area. Mm-hmm. And, of course, flights got reverted around because we've got a certain pop star and he's um really t- and her really talented, aggressive tight end in the country. No, he's already gone. Oh, Kelsey's gone. He's, he, he's already fucked off. He came for one show and left. Damn it, Trav. <laughs> should it, we should have just we should have just put all our cards at Homebush. Come on, the legs. 
He went to a nah. party in Vegas, actually, Trav. Who knows? Maybe we'll, get him, maybe we'll get him to promote the game in Sin City. Mm. We'll just have to wait and see. But back mm. on track, back on track. Get, get, get Reese Walsh on the Kelsey podcast. Fuck it. Oh, God. Could we just imagine <laughs> Breaking news. Reese Walsh causes outrage on the Kelsey podcast. <laughs> but no, um, I did well, bro. I managed to get through a whole reserve grade only game and not mention could be anything at all. Well, it's, we're not your regular podcast, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'll do just say quickly, Alex Young was a little bit quiet for mine, the um, Dom Young's brother, but it's his first game in Australia. I wouldn't be too fussed there. He did some good things as well. He did have an error, but overall, it's a cup game. There was a bit of a storm around as well. Regroup, get it done, and we'll see you in New South Wales Cup at St Mary Stadium in round one. But anything else on this game before we move on to... The Sharks and the Dogs? Uh, no, let's keep swimming in this Belmore doubleheader. Let's do it. We're at, we were at Belmore as a Sharks 12, Bulldogs 6, and we just need to make this clear once and once only in this episode of the league scene. Teg Wilden will be on the left edge. Mm-hmm. They, we don't need to say much more or much less than that. I uh, did score a nice try, ran a really good hole. Sharks Twitter have really given him an absolute bath over that Billy Burns take, rightly so as well. But there's just something about Cronulla in this one. I know Nico Hines wasn't there, but their attack didn't generate a lot. And their go forward, I don't want to say struggled, but was having to do more than Canterbury to get up for it, I guess. Well, one of the big issues was that, you know, Prindle and McKinnis, who both are pretty important players in the Sharks attack, Set up. They both had two errors. So I think that. McInnes is. I'll just chime in there. They both came from forward passes in the second half. Still, it, an error is an error. True. And with, with how important McInnes is to starting the second phase play at Cronulla, mm-hmm. they can't really afford to have that. Fair. Um, but then obviously that's spread to everyone else. I'll just read out all the players who had an error. So obviously <laughs> we, touched on, we touched on the first two. Okay. Everyone else here had one error. Okay. Mm-hmm. So bear with me. Oregon Kafusi, Jesse Ramian, CSC Fatalakai, Ronaldo Mulatalo, Sioni Katoa, Billy Burns, Awani Hiroti, Daniel Atkinson, Niwai Puru, Jaden Burrell, and Kate Dykes. I was expecting that to go a little bit longer, to be honest. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't. Uh, I know there's certain Sharks fans that would have been expecting Blake Braley to have an error. Uh, he he only had the one missed tackle, so yeah, that, thought, that was his negative competition. I thought Browse did really good. I thought there were some good moments where he ran out of dummy half. Pass selection still reeks, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> let's just see. I thought there were some good moments for the Sharks. I mean, there was parts of this game because it just seemed to drag on in that second half. Like the other side wanted to win. Yeah, I mean, we could have we could have put this in for a bloody tank ball, let me tell you. But <laughs> I just thought some of their middles were good, like Royce Hunt, 18 carries, 166 metres, 66 post-contact. Uh, Rudolph and Hazleton weren't too bad on the bench. I thought Illaw gave them a bit of spark out of yardage, 114 metres off nine runs, 64 post-contact metres for KL. Mm. That's impressive. Very. And that's exactly what the Sharks need, because you compare that... To the starting centres, Ramian had 118 and 51 post-contact, whereas Talakai had 68 and 38 post-contact. 
Mm-hmm. So really, with Eero, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting <laughs> a guy who can just get the raw meters like uh, Ravian can, but also can do the post-contact work like Kalakai. Yeah, Eero had also five tackle breaks, and he was only on for like the last 20 minutes, which makes it even mm. more impressive. That is the most in the team, five tackle breaks. Yeah, so good signs. Oh, no, Katoa had seven. Did he? Oh, yeah. Yes, he did too. I just, I, just, I just didn't scroll far enough. That's my fault. <laughs> See, we're letting out the cobwebs ourselves here. Uh, but, again, there was, I think the round one side's mostly settled. Like, there's only a couple of bench spots maybe that could be up for grabs. Uh, I'm still not going to be sold on Talakai at centres for a while. I'll have to mm. see him have another worldie against, like, a Morgan Harper style for him to even be remotely when considered. When do they play Parramatta? When do they play Parramatta? Uh, let's go into their drawer and have a look-see. Uh, sharks. Eels. Round 13, Thursday night at Combank. Oh, I don't think he'll survive until then. Yeah, that's their only time they play against each other. It's not like last year when it was in round two. Hmm. That would have been much easier. But on to Canterbury. Yikes. I'm a little bit... Con- I'm happy with the defence. I thought the defence was so much more improved. Like, they did some really good job on the goal line holding out Cronulla. But def- in their attack... I don't know, Chief. Well, you know, they had their moments. They I did. Thought, I thought Blake Wilson was excellent. He always is. Yeah. Um, Sherry? Definitely. Sherry was excellent. And then you also had, you know... A few moments here and there from the likes of Kurt Mann, from the likes of Blake Taft, you know, Matt Burton a little bit. Hutch's so, line break and then pass to no one. Oh, yep, exactly. But the probably the most telling thing is when it comes to the line break assist for the Bulldogs. So obviously the Bulldogs had two line breaks and they also had two line break assists. I, I don't want you to look at this, AJ. I need you to guess which two players the line break assist came from. One would have been for the Preston try, so Josh Curran. Mm-hmm. And then whoever gave the short ball to Hutch, I would have assumed maybe the edge back row on the other side, maybe Kikau. Jamin Salmon. Ah, that's close. So when, when, but when your main, you know, set-up playmakers are Josh Curran and Jamin Salmon, it doesn't exactly reflect well on how you're performing. No, it does not. And I thought... Even though I think Burden's doing a little bit better, I, I want him to be taking... If you're going to give Hutch a lot of the d- dominating parts of the game, you want Burden to be taking more than five runs. Mm, 100%. 100%. He's a running half. We saw so often at Penrith, even though he was playing out at centre, but just the way he runs the football is so damaging close to the line. It's a show and go. If you have a guy like a Sherry or Crichton outside him, that the show and go could be one of the most lethal attacking po- points of difference this season. Yeah, hundred percent. You're spot on. It to me, it doesn't make sense as to why they they like to sort of skirt around the fact that Burton's not necessarily the traditional half. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're working to get either Hutchinson or Sexton alongside him to fill that role. But at the same time, they're not actually stepping in and taking the ball out of Burton's hands and then he can play a natural game. Yes, 100% right. What do you think of Sexton? 
Um, he had his moments. I thought, I thought he had a bit of aggression going forward, attacking the line, mm-hmm. which was good to see. But from a you know point of view, sitting him next to Matt Burton, I just don't see how that halves combination is going to work long term. Fair. Um, Canterbury's maligned middles. I thought Curran was really good when he came onto the field. Curtis Moran, I, I really like this the way this kid plays. Just he brings, and we said it a lot last year around Canterbury, just the energy he brings into the side is absolutely outstanding. And then Sam Hughes, um, this bloke's been in my super coach team since day dot, ever since Gus opened his mouth. But I think there's some real good upside with Sam Hughes. I just don't know what his minutes will be, whether they play him for 25, 30 minutes. Be interesting to see how that rotation goes. I mean, what do you think these teams will do that aren't going to Vegas? We've got 12 of them that aren't going. Do you think they might be organising like some in-house trials or something just to keep the legs moving? Well, I know the Cowboys are having a camp in Kiama. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'll be something like that for all the teams. Fair. I think they'll go away for five, six days, go on a big intensive training camp and... You know, then it'll just be keeping the players fresh and ready for round one. Hundred uh, percent. Anything you want to touch on on these two sides before we move on to our Super Quadruple Saturday? Yeah, please. Let's just move on. I don't want to focus on that boring game ever again. <laughs> Three tries were scored. No bonus points on offer. <laughs> yeah, that was obvious. <laughs> Moving on to <laughs> the first official NRL sanctioned match in Churchill Park, La Toca, but not the first. Rugby league game involving Australian teams played in Fiji because, Reese. random fact of the day, we had a Super League trial game there between Adelaide and Canberra. What a random selection of teams for a game played in Fiji. It was Super League. It was the 90s. We're taking the game to China. True. <laughs> At least we haven't played the match in Shanghai. Uh, we, got, we came close with Canberra and Manly all those years ago. <laughs> but unlike this Vegas thing, it didn't get off the ground. But um, on this game, quickly, it's good to see the stars out on show. Um, that Jerome Hughes-Elikatoa partnership is just... It's up there for one of the best in the comp. Yeah, they're going from strength to strength, the two of them. Obviously, open the scoring with that lovely little play from Hughes to set up Katoa in a, ma- a gap that you could probably have fit a couple of small players through. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was very lovely. And also, Katoa, I thought, you know, given we were a bit critical of him last season, you know, because we were worried he wasn't doing enough outside of scoring tries, mm-hmm. I thought he had a pretty nice game, all things considered. You know, 20 tackles, picked up an offload, and then also picked up the try as well. Some good so, signs. Yeah, good signs for sure. Um. So then Melbourne put on the bit of expressions. Uh, you had the crusher tackle by Jackson Hastings on Keegan Russell-Smith. They were able to shift the play out towards the left-hand side and Coates picked up a try. That got it to 12 nil. then. We had a bit of a mistake of fun for a little bit. Uh, KP threw a lovely pass to Chuala in the right-hand corner for that try. For the Knights were going to come back into it a little bit. But then Jonah Pazette took the game on, didn't he? Yeah, 100% he did. This was really the performance that we've been expecting from Bizet, mm-hmm. Um ever since that game he played for New South Wales in the 19s. Yeah. Uh, you know, picked up a try, picked up a try assist, took the line on, was breaking tackles, 
you know, throwing the ball the way it's meant to be thrown and also wasn't shying away from the kicking duties. Yeah, I thought you know, he was really, really good. With, that's the glimpses of potential that we expect. I think if he can start showing that consistently, especially at cup level, he's going to be not just knocking on the door, he's going to be knocking the door down and Melbourne are going to have to make a decision uh, regarding what they want to do with him long term. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Newcastle did respond on the break. KP getting down that left-hand edge, linking up with Bradman Best. It was like old times last season. I mean, watching this game for the Knights, you'd think there'd be a bit of panic, but I've had to make a very sad decision for my super coach team and forego starting the year without Greg Marju. It's really sad, I know. Hmm. But when you need to fit guys like Roger Tuavaza, Sheck, Taylor, May, and Zach Labor in, you'd understand. Yeah, it's hard. I'll, I'll, I'll get Gregory's definitely coming in the team at some point. So no need to panic. He's definitely going to be there. Hopefully. We will, we will do the Marju. We will do the Marju. We'll find out who's who in the Marju. I hope at one stage, like. Will Partridge gets into the NRL and he's a super coach oh, available man. player because he's going straight in. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm back and on track. It'll, it'll be my team name too. Will Partridge and a Petrie. Will Partridge and a Petrie. Uh, back to the game. Uh, they started to make some change in the second half. I thought Joe Chan really went through nicely. Uh, Set that try for Tottenham appear off that line break. Um, and then you had Harry Grant down out of dummy half. And then... I'm just going to go through the game chronologically and then we'll touch on some plays. I like Belinda Sharp not being fooled by the old switcheroo of Saifidi twins. <laughs> like, that was a good moment. It was a good moment. moment. Belinda, very smart. 10 out of 10. And then you had um, a try at the... Oh, sorry, Newcastle held scores for the second half. I thought they scored at the back end. But no, they held scores in the second half. Uh, I just want to start on the Knights quickly. I think Lucas has that edge spot to start the year and you play KPP off the bench. But with all the hype and everything we saw, it was just a little bit underwhelming for mine. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, they had a few players that I thought did stand up a little bit. Um, I thought, obviously, Caelan Ponga, you know, he did what he does best. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought... Tawala was really good. Bradman Best had his moments as well. Adam Elliott was rock solid in defence, although mm-hmm. I would have liked to see him do a little bit more with the ball in hand. Uh, D Saf in 34. D in number 34, big Shaquille O'Neal. Or, <laughs> you know, as the kids call him, Shaquille Godale. Um, <laughs> I thought he was good. Uh, Jack Cogger as well had his moments. But outside of them, you know, there, there was a bit disappointing. Kai Pierce Paul. He was all right, but definitely didn't exactly surpass the expectations that I'd sort of put on him. I thought both of their starting props. I thought Leo Peter was Thompson. okay. Leo was okay, but not spectacular. And JSAF, for his standard play, was pretty poor. Um, but then also Will Price. Okay. I don't know what to make of him, eh? I know, I know. We haven't really gotten to see him at his best, you know. I want to see a little bit more in cup. Yeah, same. I think 
he showed a couple flashes. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that dropout he forced, mm-hmm. it was really good kicking, really creative. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just need to see a little bit more from him. Yeah, and I also think with the way that the Knights were playing Cogger, I think he'll be the fourteen. They're playing him at hooker. They weren't playing him anywhere else. So I think he'll be the fourteen to start the year. They wouldn't. Have, they would. They wouldn't have played him any other way if he wasn't gonna. They would have played him in the halves if he was dueling out with Gamble. Tice was pretty disappointing. Oh, oh I thought there was a couple errors there. And how many errors did he make? He made three. Ha- he made three errors. Two handling errors. Uh, kicking game was a little bit laissez-faire at times. I'm, I know it's Melbourne, and we see Melbourne. They're a physical side. They know how to get to you. I'm not too sure to make a gamble yet. He did have that try assist and the line break assist, but I want to see how he starts here. I think he deserves to start the year based on incumbency and the way Newcastle finished last season, but it'll just take one slip up, one little form drop, and I think Cogger will take it. It's interesting because this is basically the exact same situation he was in at Brisbane, because they had the 2021 season where it was emotional with Gamble being that sort of, you know, emotional leader on the field where you could sort of overlook his performance, you know, a little bit. But mm-hmm. then 2022, where it was a lot more under the microscope, a lot more pressure on the Broncos, Gamble's performances just didn't live up to that expectation of what the team, of where the team was supposed to be. Yeah, and I feel like you're starting to see that right now in Newcastle because all of a sudden you've got a guy like Cogga who's breathing down his neck, and it's becoming increasingly clear that Gamble's going to have to fight to hold on to that number six jersey. Yeah, I want to wait and see. I'm happy to give him the start of the season, and but as soon as one slip up happens, we'll have to wait and see on that front, my friend. But yeah. moving on. Yeah, uh, Warriors on. 34, Dolphins 22, first and foremost, fucking Tommy Gilbert. Mate. That's heartbreaking. Second year in a row. It really is. Like, you know, and it's even worse than it's one of the nice guys in rugby league as well. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have picked a worse bloke to have this happen to. Yeah, 100%. On top of Cohen Hess this afternoon as well. Exactly. Like, you know... Rivalries aside, in terms of me being a Broncos fan, mm-hmm. it just fucking sucks. You hate to see it, mate. It, it really is just one of the good players in our game as well. And on top of that, I think SOS failed his HIA early in the game as yep, well. Correct. And again, as I said on, as I said in the um, the halftime and full time notes, just the Dolphins just seem to not get a full side on the field, and you want to see what a full side can do, and it's frustrating, mm. and it's out of their control completely. And the Warriors, I thought they had some good things go for them. Uh, Montoya, Rocco Berry played well. Uh, but I think the talking point here has to be, one, Roger the Dodge. He is back. And I'm not going to sit there and say he's better than ever, but he's certainly pretty fucking good at football, that's for sure. I like uh, that they put him at fullback as well. Like, I yeah. know... I know Tua Piki's probably going to be the play, but I would like to see RTS in a roaming role. I agree 100%. And I was a bit surprised they didn't name him at fullback. Like, even if you are leaning towards having Tua Piki start in round one, I would have tried to throw a couple of coaches off 
and named RTS as fullback. Yeah. Uh, but that's just me. Either way, we'll just go through 196 meters, 106 post contact, eight tackle breaks, two line break assists, a try assist, three offloads, and no errors. What, what you love to see from the Brudge the Dodge. Uh, Neo Kore looked damaging. He's playing this sort of new role from what we've seen in summer. It looks like he's playing more of a front row role, and it seems to be mm. suiting him. Exactly. He, he looked really solid. A couple line breaks, busting some tackles. He, he's built for that role. Like, mm-hmm. I've always looked at him. Obviously, he's got the height to be an edge back rower, but his sheer bulk. Like the sheer size of him, it's always seemed to me like he can play prop. And I think if he can sort of fill that hybrid role, he'd be almost the first name on the team sheet every week. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's going to be one to watch there. Um, just for like Dylan Walker in the impact role of the bench, he had some good moments running for just under 100, over 100 metres. Uh, uh, Mitch Barnett looks like he's back better than ever. I thought there were some really good moments there. Fenua Blake, Grant Hart as always. Jackson Ford and Kurt Capel, they've formed some nice moments on the edge. But I want to talk about this centre position for the Warriors. It's up for it's up for anyone to take. It's a freeway battle, it seems, to partner RTS between Berry, Pompey and Leia What? Where do you see that battle at the moment? Right now, I think Berry has done enough to keep the spot. I mm-hmm. think he, he had a very strong game. Obviously, picking up the try. His running could have been a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I think you're really just sort of being picky if that's the situation where you want to get him out of the team. How's his defense? Defensively, let me just slide over. 17 tackles, one miss. And just going through quickly, uh, Leah Tata had four tackles and no miss. Poppy had five tackles and no miss. Okay. Um, So much higher workload there for Barry. And also, absolutely stripped the two. There's other two for me. There's obviously Leitao did ha- layout layout tower. Pardon me. <laughs> uh, did have that try, yep. but he didn't come anywhere close to Barry's volume in both attack and defence. Same with Pompey. Fair enough. Just wanted to get your thoughts there. Um, let's go to the Dolphins. Some good signs here. I thought. I think the the wing position has finally been settled. Uh, Jack Bostock, 16 runs, 141 metres, 49 post-contact metres. Tessie New, 13, 116, 45 post-contact metres. Bostock also had that athletic try. But I think for me, that position sold for me. Yeah, 100% it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with centre, though, because obviously they had Tessie New start in the centres. Avarillo as well. They have Avarillo on coming off, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Because I thought, all things considered, you did play Avarillo. Yeah. But he also he also probably got a bigger chance because he was playing both centre and the wing. Yeah. I, I'd i go Avarillo to start with. But you've got to know at this point, no, no, it looks like from what Wayne Bennett's been saying and what Wayne Bennett's been doing, no position is safe. And I think that's a good attitude to have. I thought Flegler through the middle was outstanding. 15 runs, 133 metres. Um and you had some of these other forwards like Bromwich, Lemuelu, Jared Wallace is picking up a career renaissance again. I've never thought I'd say that again. Um, Isn't this like the fourth, third or fourth one for him at this point? 
probably. When he went to the Titans, it was a renaissance. When he first went to the Dolphins, it was a renaissance. When he came back from the Capras, it's a renaissance. It's just continuing to... It's like... um, What's the thing that never... It's like the friggin... It's like disco. It just never dies. Yes, thank you. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. <laughs> but um, for the Dolphins, you had Kirk Donahoe, uh, Isaiah Katoa, all of them have a go in the halves. Nick Arima as well, just in case. Like, they've got just over two weeks before their round one game against the Cowboys. Should SOS not get through the protocols, fingers, toes crossed, that he does. But just mm-hmm. something to keep, an, just keep a watch on. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's an interesting one because I feel like you've touched on the Dolphins, you know, no position safe. But I also feel like in terms of the quantity of players they use during the trials, mm-hmm. it's pretty safe to say who their best 17 are. It's just about that shaping them into the positions and the lineup that Wader wants to see. Yeah, 100% right, I think, yeah. It'll be interesting to watch. And I think Ray Stone now has a lock position with the unfortunate news for Tommy Gilbert. That just fucking sucks. We've said a couple of times now. That yeah. just sucks. And then, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting watch for the Dolphins this season. Of course, they kick off their season on Sunday, March 9. I think I got that right. Yes. Oh, sorry. March 10 against the Cowboys at home at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, that'll be an interesting watch. It'll be interesting to see what team they roll out for that game. Yeah, fingers toes crossed. Uh, Reese, I'm going to let you do the talking on your baby Broncos securing the preseason challenge with a 40 to 14 win over the Blacktown Workers Eagles. Ah, look, I am very proud of what this young Broncos side was able to put out. Uh, I don't care if you turn around and say, oh, but it's just this reserve grade side. You don't understand how strict the Broncos were for depth three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So to see what these players were able to put up uh, was, it, it almost brought a tear to my eye, to be completely honest. Uh, let me go through some of my standouts. Uh, Kalolo Saitawa. Oh, he's good off the bench. Excellent off the bench. Um, Kurt Falls, really good bounce back from the little trial he had against Swidham. Agreed. When he, when he was, I thought he was a bit hopeless, but really played well in uh, this one. Obviously, Deloise Hoyter, you know, good at our experience. We've used him a few times through Origin the last couple of years. Uh, he he was the captain of the side. He really led by example. Uh, a couple of younger players, Joshua Paston, Cooper Page Wilson, I thought both were great. You know, Ethan, Ethan Kai Ward. Uh, I know you touched on it in a, in your full time rap. Mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see him trying to force his way to a center spot if he has a strong Q Cup campaign. Yeah, uh, especially if you know Origin comes around and we have Cobo, we have Walsh, potentially Katoni Stabs going to play Origin. Mm-hmm. That could be a situation where he does come into the side. Uh, Rory Ferguson was another player I thought was really good. Yep. Uh, Really underrated player. And then obviously, we'll touch on the elephant in the room in Ben Secura, first of all. Uh, I felt so. Fucking massive. I'll just say, first and foremost, um, someone go get Darcy a, a, a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like... just get a stepladder, first and foremost. <laughs> just get her a stepladder. 
<laughs> probably gonna have to be a it's got, probably gonna be a three or four step, but still. <laughs> oh, Darcy, Darcy, Darcy. We love her work on the league scene, of course. Yeah, one of our favorite guests over summer with Vonnie. Um, I agree about Takura. Yeah. But before exactly. we touch on Moza, yep. I do wanna do our OG throwback of the week, Joseph Tamani. <laughs> well, it would have been better if he was actually good. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's been out of rugby league for a little while, folks. Yeah, it, it, it was good to see him back in a rugby league jersey. But talk uh, about Moza. Anyway, Moza versus Pace. Uh, obviously, this was one of the biggest storylines for Broncos fans heading into this game. Uh, it sort of amplified a little bit when Pace was named as the starter um, mm-hmm. on the eve of the match. I think Moza definitely outplayed him, though. Like, obviously, Pace had that try which, you know, we've seen a couple of times him do that at the NRL level. So we know, you know he's proven. But Moser was very active out of dummy half. Defensively, he was very sound, although he did, he did miss four tackles. But still, I think he, he, a lot of them were just him getting into the position, just sort of falling off as the props made the tackle anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree there. Kicking game, he was excellent. Oh, um, there was one kick which he went... Kicks. There was one kick he sent way out on the full. True, but Pace didn't kick at all. So <laughs> That's definitely fair. That. It's a very low bar to clear, but he did clear it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I thought, at the end of the day, I think it is pretty obvious he will be starting the season in Queensland Cup. Uh, Kevin Walters looks like he is set on picking Walters and Smoothie as at 9 and 14. Certainly by the end of the year, he should be playing in a row, though. He should be consistently playing NRL. Yeah, I uh, tend to agree. With Billy Walters off contract as well, and the money to re-sign him slowly starting to dry up, it's something we have to look for long-term as well. Yep, I agree, totally. Um, yep, so it looks like Black Moses sees will be starting at Dolphin Stadium against the Dolphins in the first round of the Queensland Cup. But some things I want to touch on for Manly... I thought Bailey Hodgson's a trier, but every single time as the last man, he was getting destroyed. <laughs> the poor he's, bloke. He's small. He's small. But I thought Jamie Humphrey showed some good signs. I know Manly want to work him into a utility-style role. Uh, I thought James Ucelle, he was really good. And I thought the young half off the bench, he's probably one to watch over the next couple of years. He's in the flag program. There, the 22, Tyler Bunting. Okay, AJ, I'm just going to stop you there. I'm going to put you here on the spot, okay? Go for it. Number 14 for first grade. You have to be based on right now. Yep. Humphreys or Chan Chantong? I think Carl Lawton's over in Vegas at the moment. It's the 14, but if you ask me to pick Carl, between Carl, them specifically... Carl Lawton broke his neck, okay? He's unavailable. You have to pick one. That's, that seems fucking harsh, jeez. Um, <laughs> He got food poisoning, okay? He's unavailable. <laughs> okay, that's better. That's better. What happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, okay? Uh, but you have to pick one of those two. I'm going to go Humphreys because playmaking ability and another option in the kicking game to relieve a bit of pressure off DCA. Yep. Fair and enough. Brooks. That's just the Fair only enough. reason. Come Tom is a lovely cold hero. Nothing personal against him. But I just think as far as alternative options... I think Jamie Humphreys has a bit of an edge. 
in my opinion, he's uh, improved a lot over summer from what I've been told by people at Manly, and that's my decision there. Uh, it's nice to see Toff Sipley not um, give anyone neck damage this week. <laughs> you can tell I'm not bitter about that at no, all. Not at all. Not at all. We were robbed of Jamaican magic in Vegas. He's still in Vegas. He's just not playing. Yeah. They'll probably have. They'll probably set up an exercise in the um, in the Fremont Street with um Shepherd for him to be entertained. <laughs> Come on, dog, join it on Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. We've got better options than Shepard at this point. We've announced record revenue and profit. Surely we can do better than Shepard. <laughs> oh, that, that's a great point, actually. Like, how, how have we earned so much money and we still get fucking Shepard to play our big events? Oh, don't forget, we've got Jimmy Barnes, Shannon Noel on repeat. Living End is still there. We might as well turn around and grab Meatloaf. Ugh, I'm sure John Farnham is up for a comeback to us soon. <laughs> yes, all the classics. Uh, here we go. Moving on. Sorry, we're on a bit of a tangent, but we like to do that. Uh, Jackets 34, Tigers 18. Despite this result, I am not changing my predictions on either side in this game. But as I said last week, and as Vonnie and I were talking about over summer, this Dragons team is going to be up for a scrap. And I thought that they showed some signs of improvement on last week's effort. 100% they did. I think everything clicked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I will say a big part of that was probably the fact that Ben Hunt was in the side for this one. He played last week, uh, didn't he? Well, for more minutes. Ah, yeah, fair. Than last, than last week. But, yeah, the team looked really good. I thought Jack Bird. Looked excellent. He looked. He and Sully looked like they've lost about five kilos. Mm. Then I'm still not sold on having Lomax on the wing spot to accommodate both of them at centre. I'm not 100% sold on that, but if they play every game like this, 100% it's a good idea. But unfortunately, you can't play the Tigers 24 times a year. I'm sure <laughs> a, lot of teams, a lot of teams would absolutely love that, and Tigers fans would absolutely hate that. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, but yeah, I also think Fatal Mariner looked really good. Yeah, I will uh, say sorry to cut in there, but I thought yeah, uh, Mal Heisen defensively mm. really yeah. sound, especially when Jacob Little went off through injury. I think they said what did they say? Hamstring. Hamstring. Yeah. But I thought I thought Jacob Little's running game was pretty good. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent, it was he. Engaged the line a little bit, but, you know, four tackle breaks, got a line break and a line break assist, picked up that try assist as well. Really looked good. But obviously, you know, if Little's not able to come back for round one, it will be Mulheisen as hooker. Um, when Little is healthy, do you think Mulheisen's done enough to take the number 14 jersey from Marshkey? Interesting that it looks like Jesse Marshkey is the 14, considering he's only been there since December, but... Maybe. I'm not too sure how that'll work. I think you want to see how the team gels with Marshke in the first couple of weeks and whether or not it will be a Flanagan move to hooker, something else. Sorry, mate. Because mm, I wouldn't start Marshke at hooker if Little's unavailable for round one. Do you see how Ben went at hooker for the Roosters? Yeah. 
But present that without context. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but I thought Francis Milo through the middle, Jaded Sewer. Mm. He looked great. He looked damaging. And again, we said, Vonnie and I were saying that the Dragons had been training their asses off over summer. I'm, I'm, we might need to just do some random drug texting. We might just need to just yeah. make sure, just make sure, because this is not normal for the Tigers to be improving this much this quickly. Yeah, it seems like the Dragons are going to be that type of team that, you know, you can beat them, but they're going to make you feel it in the morning. Like, they're going to try and break every tackle. They're going to try and level you when they hit you. Like, they're just going to be an absolute dick of a team to beat. And yeah. I think I, I still think they're going to lose more than they win. Probably lose a lot more than they win. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna, there's going to be some teams that are going to be really hurting. Trying to beat them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're the team that are going to be dead last. I'm not going to change my preseason prediction on them for the spoon just because it's way too late and I have to shuffle too much. But I just think that the dragons are going to be a hard nut to crack. Yeah, hundred percent. Ah, but for the tigers, let's just get through this as pain free as possible. So, Jareen Buller, you are excused because you do not deserve this. <laughs> Can I also excuse one more player? Gavin? No. Utah Kamadu. Yep, that's fine. You can excuse them. I thought Alex Safarf was good at lock. Fanua Bole had some impact on the bench. Just quietly thought Alex Lobb on the wing was had some good moments. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, look, I thought they had, there's a lot of similarity traits to last year, whereas they dominate possession early, they concede a penalty, they concede a try. Rinse and repeat. Exactly, rinse and repeat. And I think they conceded three quick ones on the line. I conceded three within like 10 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. And all three of them were like right on the goal line. I think yeah, that, you had the one. They were barge overs. You, you had the one uh, kick from Flanagan to Hunt, but then the other two were just barge overs. You had the Ravalawa and the Sully tries, which were both barge over from close range, which never should have happened. Yeah. 100%, mate. Um, Lockie Galvin. I thought there were some good moments there from the mm, youngster in his definitely. first game. And I mentioned last week that Talent Silva might have the full day. I think I'm changing almost that to Galvin straight away because you look at the variety of positions Galvin can play. can play him centre. He had to go back row. He, had, he was in the harms as well. I think for the Tigers... Looking at this young kid, there's going to be a lot of potential with what to work with. Definitely. He seems like the perfect balancing act for that number 14 jersey. Um, Just because of that versatility, it just makes sense. Uh, Yeah, he, you know, obviously Benji Marshall's been raving and raving about him all offseason as well. Yeah, 100%. Defensively, though, there was some problems, I think. Coruscant missed nine tackles in the middle. Stafford Tower was given a bath. Um, Justin Olin put on a really good hit. Then I think he went off injured. I think he came back, which was good. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting test for Benji, how you pick these guys off the canvas. They have a bye in the first week of the season. So, again, it's going to be an interesting test for the young buckaroo as the head coach. So Mm. we'll just have to wait and see. But before we go on to our Sunday slate, what do you think on the Harms battle quickly between Sullivan what do you think of him? Yeah, great. Question, interesting. Actually. Yeah, it's, it is definitely an interesting situation. 
Um, look, I think Sullivan had a pretty solid game. Obviously picked up the try assist. I thought his ball running was okay. Damaging, I thought. It, it left a little bit to be desired, I thought. Uh, I think he definitely has done enough to win the spot over Galvin to start the season. And Latu. And Latu, obviously. I think Latu is still a little bit away, all things considered. From what um, I heard, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think at the end of the day, he'll, they'll both get their chance at some point. Maybe probably Galvin sometime this season. Latu, I probably wouldn't think about this season. I'd probably think more 2025 for him. Uh, yep. get, 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 get him grounded in reserve grade. Get him a year playing against senior opposition and then go from there. 100%. I agree with that whole hardly anything else on that game before we move on to today's slate. Uh, no, I think we can keep on going. Keep on going. Cowboys 36, Raiders 26. You put out a request for the Cowboys to do you a solid race so you get the 100K, and they did it in styles. 14 8 at the break, but the Cowboys put on the clogs to do more than enough in the second half. Kyle Felt picking up a hat trick. It was nice to see Thomas McKayley pick up his first two tries, which won't count for the records because it was in the charts. <laughs> But, away from that, honour to Canberra Raiders. Hold on, can I, can I say something? 100%, mate. It's the league scene. You're yeah, part of it. Of say it. <laughs> Surely, if you score a double in pre-season, you're off the duty run, no matter what happens in the regular season. Surely. I think well, I think his record, though, will stand, but I think he's off the duty run 100%. Surely, mate. Like, I'd count it. Your teammates. You can't have your teammates to get dirty like that. I'd 100% count it, but I don't make the rules. Hmm. Probably Bloke in a Bar makes the rules, and that probably explains it. Yeah, true. But on this game, quickly, Ethan Strange had won the half-back spot along with Jamal Fogarty for the first 50 minutes of the game, and then he speed tackles someone. Yeah. He was so good, dude. He was the answer to our cheapies in Supercoach. And then he goes and does that. You were the chosen one. (laughs) (laughs) It was was said you would destroy the expensive starters, not join them. (laughs) Bring balance to the cheapies, not leave them in darkness. We're so close, but we have to to put faith in KO weeks. But anyway, um, some good signs I thought from Strange in the kicking game. Let's just get rid of that thought for a second. Like, scored a try with that grabber kick. Uh, ran the ball. He only had two runs here, which is a bit bizarre, but I thought he did some really good things there. Um, but I think Ricky Stewart knows the side he wants to play in the first week of the season. We just hope to God that we don't get screwed by the infamous super coach Ricky Roulette. Oh, 100%. 100% we're going to get screwed by it. Well, watch him bring out um, watch him bring out um, Jed Stewart on the wing with Nick Kotrick. <laughs> exactly. You're all going to be shocked when he turns around and picks Simi Sasaki. <laughs> no one's going to be expecting it. Um, on the hooker roll, Danny Levi, Zach Wolford. Fuck, I wasn't expecting that question. Um... Levi. Why? I think he didn't... Levi didn't have a particularly good game this week. I'll admit that. But I think he has experience on his side. 
Mm-hmm. And he also just offers a bit more versatility at dummy half than what Wilford does. Wilford's very much that sort of significant dummy half where mm-hmm. you know he, you know he's going to make tackles and you know he's going to pass the ball. Yep, that's in, fair enough. In the modern day NRL, you just need that little bit more, little bit more versatility, just doing a couple more roles, and I think that's something Levi brings. Is that why you're so so much anti Jake Turpin? Yes. <laughs> Finally. Good call. Good call. Uh, but moving on to these Raiders forwards, it could be fighting out for a bench spot. Um, you got to remember Tarpany's going to come back in, so got to assume Smithies will drop to. You might play Tarpany and Papaliti at prop with Smithies well, at thirteen. You got to remember, remember Horsburgh is serving a suspension to start the year. We get Smithies for the first three weeks in Sheepies, so I'm pretty but happy with that. Apparent, apparently, though, I heard he's going to play in the middle. I've heard Horse might move to prop. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what I yeah. meant by middle. Yeah, so it would be Papo dropping back to the bench in that case. If they if they keep Smithies at thirteen, I'm for it. Hundred percent. We need we need some money in Supercoach this year. <laughs> We're all going to be broke ass bitches. Yeah, I'm stuck with how much do I have in the bank? I currently have eighty three and a half thousand in the bank. Oh, you're doing a lot worse than me. I managed I've I've managed to at least cut it down to about seventeen thousand. <laughs> I'm doing better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you want to have as much on the field as possible. I know, but like I've only got one placeholder. The rest are pretty much guaranteed to play round one. Hey, I'm I'm pretty much the same as long as they decide to pick Harley Smith Shields. <laughs> Hang on, how much is Smith Shields? Two thirty-eight. Oh, I was going to say you could you could try and get to a picky, but no, I don't need to a picky. I've got RTS in my team. I don't like picking two, two from the same team. The same team in the same position. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Looks I've, like... done that. I've, done, I've done that with Payne Haas and Xavier Willison because we're Broncos fans. So. Oh, 100%, mate. That's <laughs> fair enough. Um, Matt Timoko gave Val Holmes a bath in that first half. Yes, he did. I thought, I thought he had a pretty solid game, Timoko. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Matt Timoko. I really am a big fan of him. Um, some good work from these Raiders middles, which we were going to touch on. Mooney, Maliotta, Solo, uh, Smithies. It was our first real look at Morgan Smithies, and I've got to say, I was impressed. Yeah, 100%. Five carries, 50 metres. You know, maybe not what you'd be expecting from a bit of a forward, a lot, because no offloads, no tackle breaks, sort of just in that in-between area. Defensively very sound. So I'm sure he'll come into his own, give him a few weeks of NRL footy to start building up, and we'll start seeing a very good... Lock of birds, I reckon. 100%. On the Cowboys, they play practically their full-strength side today, uh, which can have some consequences. Cohen Hess, unfortunately, picking up a what the Cowboys are saying, a serious knee injury. That absolutely sucks for Cohen. You hate seeing anyone get injured in preseason. Yeah, you put in all the hard work, you do all the reps... And you finally get to a game situation and it all goes to shit? Yeah. Absolutely sucks, let me tell you. Um, and then I thought McKaylee stood up in a big way today. Mm-hmm. He's on a development deal there. He's not, sorry, let me rephrase. He's on a supplementary deal. <laughs> I'm still getting my head around the new terminology. <laughs> but I think he's definitely rocketing into consideration for a bench spot in the first round. 
Um, Fino Filiaki was okay without being spectacular on the edge. I think Luki and Nene definitely have those two spots locked up now. I was really impressed with what I saw from Luki this afternoon. Um, Kyle Feld and Zach Labert on the right. I think that's the edge that they're going to go for. Completely, um, completely killed the Valame hype, those two. A hundred percent. We were doing so well with the Valame hype that, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely come to an end, ladies and gentlemen. But also, yeah. um, Griffin Neem's come back from that New Zealand experience. 11 carries, 110 metres. Good signs there with Griffin. I'm, I'm, I really like him as a player. He's slowly coming into his own as a forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked really good. Um, but yeah, I'll also touch on Tamalolo. Obviously doing Tamalolo things. Uh, although, not definitely not the best metres he's had in the game, early 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Sam McIntyre looked pretty good as well off the bench. Totally forgot uh, he was at the Cowboys. Yeah. I forget a lot of players are at the Cowboys, to be honest. They are a forgettable team. <laughs> uh, but then on the other end of the spectrum, Jake Clifford. What about Jake? He did not have a good game. He was pretty much anonymous. Three carries, 23 metres, seven post-contact metres, two tackles. I don't know what his minutes were. I, I was on and off watching the game. I was busy trying to finish up my production notes for the season preview. And I was just watching the Cowboys trying to quickly drop down some notes as I was going but, through the game. But I, will say, I will say it's excellent news for 16 other NRL clubs because it means guaranteed chance at something halfback. <laughs> Uh, very good news for the Dolphins. You know what to do, boys. Um, anything else on this game before we move on to the Titans? Uh, no, I think we're pretty much good to go. You're good to go, Samai. Eels 26, Titans 16. Uh, Parramatta put them to the sword in the first half. Four tries in that first half. Uh, there's some good points here. For mine, I thought Bryce Cartwright, the party, the Cardi party, excuse me, is well and truly back in season 2024. 11 runs, a try, a, a try assist, line break assist. Did have three offloads. He's a menace in his back. I'm so torn on Bryce Cartwright because every time he has that game, there's that little, there's two little lights in my head. It's, it's almost like the angel and the devil sitting on my shoulder. And you have the devil telling me about, you know, you have the angel, so the angel, the angel's telling me it's inconsistent, he doesn't play like this every week, we've seen this movie before, and the devil's just sitting there screaming, Cardi fucking party. (laughs) I think he's back, and I think, I think the last couple of years, after that 2022 season, last year he kind of went back and forth, 2023 make or break year at Paramount, I think he was in the last year of his contract, Uh, he's Last couple of off-seasons, he's done some really good things for Parramatta. And I thought um, Junior Parlo was good in the middle when he came on, Campbell Gillard. And then you got Jermaine fucking Hopgood. 226 metres in three offloads. He's got to have it. He's got to be in your team for Queensland at this point. 100%. Especially if Gilbert's not available. 100%. He, like... he should walk into a bench spot. He's fucking good. And then you had even the, the, the part players, Ogden Makatoa running over 100 metres, 
Kamatulangi started the game on the edge. 10 carries for 91 metres, 35 post-contact. Sean Lane comes on and has 12 for 106. Ended that debate pretty quickly. Yep. Get Sean Lane. I think he's about 450k on Supercoach. Get him in. Don't turn back. I will say, Tulangi did have three offloads, though, which is pretty nice. Yeah, be an interesting uh, ploy to have on the bench. I don't, what's, his, what's, what's Kelmer's price? Let's have a look at Kelmer's price. Or it might be a trap because it was against the Titans. 473k. Not too bad. I know, but I've got Morgan Smithies, and I immediately yeah. took Kai Pierce pull out of my team after the weekend. That's fair enough. I was taking, I was going between him and Smithies, and I wanted to have one last trial watch to make sure I was doing the right thing. Watch the Knights game, I'm like, yeah, in goes Smithies. Yeah, that's perfectly valid. Uh, Will Panasini was good at centre, but I need to mention this again. The same problems defensively on the edges for Parramatta are there. They've not gone away over summer. Alarm bells ringing yet? Ding, 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 ding. When Tanner Boyd throws a rainbow ball to the winger on the chest and it goes over for a try, wave your white flag. I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what Savo Dan says. I I agree. (laughs) I agree. On to the Titans. On to the Titans. Um, AJ at centre. I'm happy with what I saw there. Did go off with a HIA, which he did fail. Um, they've got enough time for turnaround between the Dragons game, so it looks like he'll be free to take his place. Khan Pereira still got wheels. Keanu Keeney was very involved at fullback. Tino, dominant as he's ever been. And there were some really good signs. I thought the bench forward, Paul Hulu. Mm-hmm. We mentioned him last week. Seven carries, 59 metres, 21 post contact, 15 tackles, no misses, none ineffective. What you want to see from a young kid. Um, Khaleesi Haas, eh? Two runs. He's back. For 16 metres, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. Um. Oscar Bryant, who played the last 20 minutes, had the exact same runs in metres as him. And was don't tell me Khaleesi stayed. No, he's on the bench. Good. They should be playing Alec. Oh, Jacob Alec wasn't much better. He only had one more run and 12 extra metres. Can't make this shit up. Okay. We, we might need to get Joe Stimson on the phone. God, why? Because he might need to go in. Because Stimson had one extra run. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it gets better. You're going to love this one. Keenan Palacia. Oh, please tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me. Three runs. <laughs> the 25 metres. <laughs> Titans middles are pretty cooked outside of Waker and Tino. Oh and Firma. And Firma. Both Firma. Is not bad. Jamin Joff is not bad. I really like Jamin. But yeah, yeah. But they've got some they've got some things they need to address there, let me tell you. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a bit of uh, dirty laundry at that club that needs to be thrown away, that's for sure. Um, you know this. How much are they allegedly paying Palacio? Four hundred thousand? 
Let's just do this quickly. I, I really want to do this. Um, calculator. 400,000 divided by 25. He was paid $16,000 for every meter he made today. <laughs> no, joking. No, that's an annual salary. So then we divide that 16,000 by 52. Hang on, no, hang on a moment. It's 400,000 divided by 52. Seven, and then we divide that by 25. He was paid $307 a meter. Hell yeah. That's better. <laughs> Hell yeah. My God. But again, for the Titans, there's some good things here. I think Foran coming back into that attack will help, especially partnered up with Bo Firma on that edge. I think that'll be really, really good. We are saying this last year before Bo Firma got injured. But some really exciting things, I think, for the Coast at the same time, minus today's result. Yeah, 100%. The team is building nicely. Yeah, 100% um, agree, mate. And I think this is also a side that Des Hasler does have his fingerprints all over. Yeah, I agree totally. So, reminder, next week, we are off to Sin City, not us. Uh, hopefully, if we get a little bit lucky and Yvonne is nice to us, we'll have some things up on our socials, some behind-the-scenes stuff from Las Vegas. I'm, we're really excited for Rugby League to be entering into the Sin City, and it's going to be fun. The Roosters are playing the Broncos. Who knows, if I'm not working, Reese and I might have a little jewel off. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but honestly, it'll be very exciting. Rugby League at Allegiant Stadium. As long as they don't show the same Fox ad over and over and over again, we'll be fine. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, anyway, mate, let's get straight into UK Watch. Now, UK Watch is taking a bit more of importance this week because there's been a whole shitstorm in England about... The RFL, the way it's been officiated, hasn't there? Yeah. Um, so in case you've been living under a rock um, over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, allow us to fill you in a little bit. But Amani Brown was sent off for what, for all intents and purposes, was an accidental head clash. Yeah. Uh, so obviously the first reaction of the average footy fan was, what the fuck? Um, But yeah, these are the results of new tackling laws put in place by the RFL to prevent concussion or minimise the risk of concussion um, as a result of a lawsuit that they're currently facing. I think Nick Fozard, Bobby Goulding, a couple of old players over there. Yeah. Bobby Goulding, by the way, for everyone playing along at home, was the same player that... Trashed hotel and stole cars while he was at the Brewsters in 1991. Sounds like a classy bloke. Yeah. But anyway, this incident has provoked widespread outrage. We put up the clip of our incident filmed very shakily on my 75-inch TV, which has been viewed 81, sorry, 82,000 times on Twitter. He's famous. Uh, we had Molly... Even Cameron King quote tweeted us. And we had the manager of Stephen Crichton in the comments. And we had an Olympian. Uh, Olympian Brad Hall. Dual Olympian in boxing. Mm. So we, we picked that one everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, 
Uh, Sam Burgess. We will, we will remember you when we're famous, we promise. <laughs> we'll bow down to you in your glory. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, it has been a widespread problem in England. It's even led to reports of potential player strikes over there. If I'm not mistaken, so... Mm, correct. Uh, let me just read to you what John Johnny Lou had to say on the matter. Um, where is Johnny? Where is Johnny? There we go. The red card yesterday embarrassed rugby league new legislation. The second half refereeing display in the World Club Challenge embarrassed English rugby league. This weekend has full-on made a laughing stock out of the game we love. Bed. Valid? Yeah. It's an excellent point. Yeah, 100%. But let's get on to the games quickly. We're just going to recap the scores. Uh, Hull KR 22 leads 12. Uh, some Aussie scorers this week. Uh, Ryan Hall, Petahiku, Suaso Su. And yes, Hull Kingston Rovers kicked all of their goals. <laughs> wow. For the Leeds Rhinos, uh, Ash Handley and Harry Newman. Uh, two goals from two attempts for Reese Martin. Peter Hickey Simbin for a professional foul. James Donaldson and Sam Lasoni Simbin for high contact. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Catalan 34, London nil. Doubles each to Theo Farge and Tarek Sims. Julian Biscayne, Jaden Nicarima crossing for tries. Uh, for more hay kicking, five from six. Uh, Warrington 36, Hull FC 10. Tries to James Harrison, Toby King, Sam Powell, Danny Walker, Connor Wrench. A penalty try to Matthew Ashton after the video refer- after the referee on field looked at the replay of an incident and then sent it upstairs. Perfectly legal. And guess who the video referee was in that game? Oh, who would that be, AJ? The same referee that refereed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got this is the Ashley Klein scenario from last year all over from two really years ago. Is. All over again. It really is. Uh, Josh Fuel has kicked six from seven. Sam Powell has simmed in for a high tackle. For Hull, tries to Lewis Martin and Jack Walker. Darnell McIntosh won from two. And as we mentioned, uh, New Brown was sent off. Uh, Wigan and Lee is postponed to a further date. St. Helens 28, Huddersfield nil. John Benison, Morgan Nolciani, Matiania, Jack Wellsby, Matt Whiteley with tries. Percival three from three, Makers and one from two. Daryl Clark was simmed and the game that we play tomorrow morning is between Salford and Castleford. Yes. So, looking at the table after round two, that leaves the only unbeaten teams being St. Helens, Catalan, Hull KR, and technically Wigan, uh, since neither Salford or, nor Castleford nor Lee can actually be undefeated, given they all lost their first-round matches. It's time for this week's Lol Cow of the Week. This week, we're going with um, some comments that have been quoted by Penrith's Brian To'o, who's called into question the integrity of referee Liam Moore and Wigan Morrison and Jake Wardell. Speaking post-match, To'o said, you can't change much. The result is made, but he already knows he didn't get it over the line. I'm sure the ref knows as well. Lying is a sin as well. (laughs) Stay classy after you lose, boys. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, But honestly, everyone's a bloody fibber in the game when they score tries. Yeah. And Tor's a fucking winger. He should know. He's probably fibbed a couple of times himself. Yeah, of course. He's probably... We should just clip something. I think someone should clip 
when they jumped on the top of each other's back and it got taken away. Yeah. Oh, yes. Definitely. Okay, Reese, what's yours, my friend? Um, so, in case you haven't heard, Formula One back. Of course uh, it is. You had the uh, winter testing over the week. Uh, and so, my locale is Alpine. What have they done this time? Basically, a bunch of Formula One engineers have turned around and said, the Alpine is back. They've said it's overweight, it's slow on straights, and it can't turn corners very well. Okay. So, the lolcow is Alpine for building a car that isn't an F1 car. <laughs> what, what the fuck it is, but it's not an F1 car. If it looks and like somehow, an F1 car, smells like okay. an F1 car, it's probably an F1 car. Somehow, though, they're now projected to have a worse car than Haas. A team that sacked its principal because he asked to invest more money in it. Gunther! And this, this is a team, Alpine, they're backed financially by Renault. They're one of the most well-funded teams in Formula One. And they're getting out competed by fucking Haas. That says something, let me tell you. But you know what, Reese? Yes, AJ? That is going to wrap us up for the preseason challenge. Preseason footy is done and dusted. We're heading off to Las Vegas next week. It'll be so much fun to see the game played internationally. Hopefully we get some amazing stars rock up in the game. We're going to make a couple calls to a couple of people that are big influencers over in America and see if we can get them to hype the game up. Reese probably knows who I'm going to be talking about. Uh, yeah, a couple. Our Lord and Saviour, Yannick Drew. Amen. We'll tell him that we basically inspired our entire podcast based off this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that is what we're going to do. Our season preview will be coming out later in the week. We've got a bunch of amazing people from NRL Twitter and the rugby league community in general coming on and having a chat about their club's respective season. But, Reese, thanks very much for joining us for our trial recap. Thank you for having me, AJ. Greatly appreciated. And we'll see you later in the week for our look at 2024. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys.